okay. I wanted to make a video. I wanted to talk about the economy, what's kind of going on, government intervention or involvement in the economy, and my predictions. Full disclosure, I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I a psychic, so take my predictions and what I say in this video as you wish. I'll also make references to the book and the Fed by Ron Paul. I just finished it. I highly recommend it. Um, I really like Ron Paul and his ideology. As I discuss these videos and I make these comments and I kind of conceptualize what I'm thinking, it helps me figure out exactly what I believe and it helps me better my arguments as I go through this intellectual journey that I've been going through the last about five years and it's just the beginning. So I'll probably do more of them. And as some of you may know, I am a realtor. So I see a lot of the trends in the housing market and the trends in the housing market and the economy, they go hand in hand. So I'm gonna go over some of those trends. One of those trends is the low interest rates. Interest rates are historically low. Um, of course, this was, I guess you could say, initiated because of COVID. We are in uncharted territory as far as COVID goes because the government has literally mandated states and cities and businesses to close. So they, I guess they do have to do something about that. Um, but of course, when the government gets involved, it just ends up, it might be benefiting some in the short term, but it ends up exacerbating the issue in the long term. Um, and I will say my prediction is the market's gonna crash. I'll say maybe by Q4, but Biden is apparently planning on pushing back foreclosures and REOs and all of that until September. So if not the end of this year, the beginning of next year, the market will crash. Prices are very high, inventory is low, everything that's going under contract, multiple offers, typically 24, 48 hours. So I do predict a correction in the market to come in the near future. Um, with that being said, so like I said, they lower the interest rate, the Federal Reserve did. I don't know if any of you guys know this, but the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of America, is a privately owned company that was established in 1913. The headquarters were in 1937, and they are in charge of our monetary system with interest rates, with spending, with printing money, causing inflation, and they have oversight of Congress. And I'm sure we can all predict what kind of oversight that is, meaning because Congress is in charge of the monetary system of the United States and we're $30 trillion in debt. So they clearly can't budget, uh, man they clearly can't budget our money. And I doubt they have good oversight of the Central Bank of America. Um, so with that being said, the Federal Reserve, I'm totally down to cut the Federal Reserve and they just have too much power being in charge of the monetary system and they affect, they have too much power over us and our money. When they lower the interest rates, what happens is banks start lending to each other at a low interest rate, which shows, almost portrays a facade onto the economy. So businesses see that consumers are spending more, maybe they invest in more loans at these low interest rates that they wouldn't they wouldn't have otherwise and they over leverage the economy on borrowing and spending rather than saving and intelligent investments so when businesses are loan are, are borrowing more and so are consumers at these low interest rates they are spending in the short term to boost up the economy but in the long term when it crashes they don't have any savings they lose everything and I can tell you as a realtor, a lot of my clients, God bless them, but they can't afford their loans. They don't have money saved up. And a lot of them are backed by the federal government when you're with Freddie Mae or, or Fannie Mac, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac um, with your FHA loans. What happens is when the government backs these loans, they incentivize loan institutions to take out riskier loans to help these people afford 
loans that they otherwise would not have. Their debt to, they have higher debt to income ratios, meaning that they have higher debt with lower income, but it's okay because the government backs it. How does the government back it? They print more money. What happens when they print more money? Inflation. When inflation happens, the prices go up. And who does that hurt? The middle and the lower income because the elites, the government, the rich, they can swallow or absorb those higher prices. It always hurts the people that they tend, they want to help. And with inflation, it hurts also the people who are trying to be financially responsible in saving their money because those savings are no longer worth what they once had because prices of everything else have gone up. So what does it do when the government backs housing or backs loans? It makes more irresponsible or risky loans. So when the market crashed, those people are hurting first because they really couldn't afford those loans in the first place. You would think we would learn with like 07, 08, but humans tend not to learn. And what do we do? We look to the government to solve the problems that they helped create. What does it also do? It causes inflation. Things are more expensive. So it always government involvement in the economy always ends up maybe helping some in the short run, but exacerbating problems in the long run. And with these, with just more spending and spending money that we don't have, like I said, we're $30 trillion in debt. There's no such thing as free. Eventually the taxpayers are going to have to pick up the slack or the recession that's to come because of decades of poor spending. You cannot create a sustainable economy from spending and borrowing and not saving and investing in sustainable investments. And with that being said, I just want to make a disclaimer when people are like, well, capitalism is the reason the market crashes. You can't guarantee the market. We don't have a pure capitalist system capitalist system. We are a mixed economy. We have a lot, we have capitalism and we have a lot of government. In my opinion, you get rid of the government, of, of course there'll be swings in the markets, but they won't be as drastic as when the government's involved because the markets will make the necessary, correct, necessary corrections with or without the government. And when, when the government tries to rid or push out those corrections, they just get exacerbated and they end up being worse. And who ends up hurting? The people. And with that, I will say some of the policies that were introduced to help are like the Community Investment Act of 1977 and the Equal Opportunity Act of 1974. These were implemented by the federal government to incentivize institutions to give out loans that they originally probably would not have and so people can afford these loans that they originally would not have because it's backed by the government and with that i kind of want to talk about decentralization of the federal government i am definitely on board with decentralization of the federal government i don't think the federal government should back any anything they should have the military they have the military that's what they should do the rest should be to the states which is kind of the point of the united states if, they, if the states want to be involved in education, with housing, with the environment and the EPA, that should be left to the states. The federal government should have no business doing that. And they should have no business doing that. They should not be bailing out poorly run states like New York or California. Like North Dakota or Florida taxpayers should not be responsible for the taxpayers or the policies of politicians in New York, for example. Um, if they can't balance the budget, it should not be up to other states in the union 
to make up for the irresponsible policies that were implemented by government. That is the whole point of the United States. And it also gives the power back to the people. When the power is in the states, in the more local level, at your, you know, your counties, your cities, it is easier to demand policies. It's easier to demand that people are held accountable for issues that they make. I mean, as we know, politicians are hardly held accountable. And when it's at the federal level, it's really hard. We focus all on the federal level, federal level when it comes to policies and power, and it really should be at the local level. You have more control that way. And it gives American citizens the freedom to move if they don't like what's going on in their in their state or in their city, they don't like the way New York's running their state. They can move to a state like Florida or somewhere else where their policies and their their rules or regulations are something that they're more interested in rather than the federal government doing it and controlling everything. So if you move to another state, you still have the regulations of the federal government. That's not how it's supposed to work. Bring the power back to the people. Bring it back to the states. The federal government, I believe, should get out of everything. They shouldn't be in housing. They shouldn't be in education. They shouldn't be in the environment. It's to the states. You get the military. Give the power back to the people. I'm for a decentralization. I mean, as we can see, it's not working. We are $30 trillion in debt. So when they keep telling you, oh, we're going to help you buy houses. We're going to, you know, you're, we're going to eliminate debt. Eliminate student, uh, student, student loans. Eliminate um, mortgages. Free healthcare. It's not free, you guys. They're just printing more money and it's just hurting the people. It's causing inflations and it's honestly causing a transfer of wealth. The small businesses will collapse. They'll go away and the big businesses will grow. And the politicians who implement these policies to help you are never held accountable. And then us being, I don't know the word, stupid, we look to the government again to solve the problems that they helped exacerbate. So that's kind of what I wanted to say about this. I could go on forever. I definitely am one who is for decentralization. I'm going to talk more about it because I do think the way we get the power back to us and we take control of our government, which is how it should be, they are our representatives. They are to represent our values, not at the federal level, at the state level. And if you don't like it, move to a different state. All right. Um, with that being said, I will say, two, we have a responsibility as citizens to be educated and knowledgeable about what's going on. I know it can be inconvenient. I know politics can suck and people don't like to have it involved in their life. But look, at what, look I mean, they, it runs our lives. It's, it's time that we try and educate ourselves. Learn, learn financial literacy. Know money. Be, take, it, take responsibility of your own finances. Stop looking to the government to solve all your problems. Newsflash, they're not going to. <laughs> so my hope for you and me and everyone else is that we take it upon ourselves to become more responsible and engaged and knowledgeable citizens. And then hopefully as a society, we become more of a perfect union. I mean, at, at right now it's hard to say, but I think if, if we put in the effort and we get more involved, that's how we bring the power back to the people, decentralization, and that's what I hope for. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a great 2021 and God bless.